And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc, how much coffee do you drink in a day? These days, I'd like to say somewhere around 24 ounces, I'd say. I, I, I tend to have three mugs a day, I'd say. And I'd say that's about an eight ounce mug, more than six ounces that usually they list as a serving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, I would say um, about three mugs a day, although some days it's only two mugs. Um, Especially recently, I've been cutting down a little bit, not like not on purpose, just haven't been having the third mug as much recently. And are all those caffeinated? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No decaf here. Do you drink it? What do you take me for? Do you drink it for the caffeine, for the flavor, for the act of drinking something warm? I've never been a coffee drinker. I think I've had all told one cup of coffee in my entire life. And, you know, I think it was Jeremy who said, you know, coffee is like beer. If you say you don't like it, you just haven't found the kind you like yet. And I'm like, well, then I haven't found the kind I like yet. I mean, there's probably something to that, but here's the thing, DC. Um, If you've only had one cup of coffee in your life, I, I don't think you've dedicated much time to exploring the options, no, right? Not at all. So, but hey, if you don't, if you don't think you're going to like it, then whatever. Different we were, strokes, different folks. We were on vacation, and there was a Keurig machine in the room, and I was like, "Hey, oh no, 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 don't start, don't go to the Keurig. No, 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 no. no. Okay, are you a French press man? Um, drip. No." I, I don't think you would like French press either. Um, yeah, but usually I do. Uh, if I'm going to make like real, a real cup of coffee, I'll do a pour over, which is sort of like a, a poor man's drip. Um, just, you know, you're doing it by hand instead of using a machine to do the dripping over an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, a French press produces too much um, particulate, even if because usually when you strain a French press, you're only using a, a metal grate to strain. And so a lot of larger particulate still gets through. So you'll end up with this um, almost like, you know, how when you get to the bottom of a mug of hot chocolate and there's powder that hasn't gone into solution. So you get this sort of sludge. Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, that's delicious chocolate sludge. Yeah. Um, in, a, in, a, in a cup of French press, you get this dark coffee sludge in the bottom. And n- it's not for me. I, I, I understand that some people enjoy it. Um, they enjoy the body of that, but not not I. Not I. I'll be honest. I, 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 for a while, I was a bit of a coffee snob, grinding my own beans, doing the pour over every time I was having a mug. Um, I, expl- I explored a few different contraptions for making coffee. Um, Clever Coffee Dripper was one of them. Um, forgetting some other ones. But uh, I'll be honest, nothing beats the convenience of a mug of instant coffee. And that's more or less what I drink most of the time. I do appreciate uh, nicer coffee, and any coffee is nicer than instant, I'll admit it. Although I don't think Keurigs are nicer than instant. I think they're basically the same. 
Um, particularly the old style Keurigs. I, I can't say I've had much out of the newer Keurig machines. At some point, they they had a switch over to what, at the time, they called Keurig 2.0 when the machines first came on the market. I'm not sure which machines have the 2.0 technology or if it's all of them. This is a few years back. So at this point, it might be all of them. But the old Keurigs um, didn't brew at high enough temperature. So like it was a serviceable cup of coffee, but it was always brewed too weak because the temperature wasn't high enough. Um, so it was always kind of just watery and gross um, in a way that even with instant coffee, you just add more instant coffee and you can make it stronger if you want to. Um, so I know that's probably an unpopular opinion. Most people probably think Keurig's a step up from instant, but there's some really good instant coffees out there, particularly um, Starbucks makes some good ones. And um, Trader Joe's has some good uh, instant coffees as well. They have one around this time of year, which is ostensibly a cold brew instant coffee. It's made for being made in a cool temperature water, but I drink it hot almost exclusively. It's just a very fine powder, so it's made that way so that it goes into solution easier when you're using cooler temperature water, but it just dissolves very nicely, especially in warm water. Um, it makes a nice cup of coffee. So there, there are there are levels to instant coffee, which most people probably don't appreciate. But what do you put in your coffee? Um, creamer of some sort. Um, typically these days, that would be an oat-based creamer, oat milk of some kind. Um, but if I don't have that on hand, I will use uh, Mrs. Manson's milk that she keeps in the house, which is just skim milk. So mm-hmm. nothing fancy there. But uh, if I can get it, sugar, an oak-based creamer. Nope, no sugar, no sugar. The only time you need sugar in your coffee is if it's a lousy cup of coffee, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, because um, so, that's, that's it. When I tried it, the amount of sugar and milk I added, <clears throat> I almost said my wife's name. Well, Mrs. <laughs> Matthews took a sip, and she was like, this is a milkshake, essentially. Uh, like, and out of curiosity, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll phrase it a different way, actually. Um there's a very popular um, coffee place around here, Dunkin' Donuts. It's it's sort of famous throughout New England. It's on every street corner. People, you know, their slogan, run on Dunkin'. People claim, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, it's the best coffee. Their coffee is garbage. By and large, all their stuff is bad. Yeah. Like, their coffee is really, I'm sorry, I am sorry. But if you like Dunkin' Donuts coffee, I I, look, I'm not judging you, but yeah, yeah, a little, well, a little bit. But you know, to, to, to pull from our, our buddy Jeremy there, I think you need to look a little harder for a better cup of coffee. It's just as, and they over the years they've done different things. In the last few years, they had introduced a a dark roast coffee at Dunkin', and I actually liked that. That was okay. If I was going to drink coffee there, I, it was acceptable to get the dark roast. As far as I was concerned, that was that was okay. Um, but now they got rid of the dark roast and instead now they're doing a light roast and a new dark roast. They've kept the original blend and I've tried all three of them. I've tried the new light. I've tried the new dark. They're all terrible. I don't like any of them anymore. I think it's one of those. If you're a new Englander and you were raised on Dunkin coffee, maybe there's something in the same way that the wonton soup. Yeah that I like is the first one I ever had. And you, and you know, in fairness, my tolerance of instant coffee probably comes from the way I was raised. Cause yeah. my father would keep instant coffee in the house and it was what I drank a lot growing up. So 
That's probably, again, it's probably a sin to most people. And again, I am a guy who will enjoy a good a cup of coffee. I'll yeah. enjoy a good espresso. I'll enjoy an Americano. I'll enjoy a cappuccino, a latte, like, you know, whatever. Um, I, but, and don't get me wrong. Like, I admit it. Instant coffee, it's not good, but it gets the job done. I think I think Duncan is just when you're desperate and there's seven of them between you and work. Yeah. You I know. know some people like swear by it. Gotta get my Duncan. But like I do. I see like people on campus, you know, at some of these Dunkin' Donuts or even off campus, not necessarily just younger people. And like, yeah, they'll go over to the little station where, you know, they've got the stirrers and all the co- and all the sugar packets. And I mean, don't feel bad, DC. Like I see some people who grab like a dozen sugar packets. Like every time I go to the store, I feel like I see people with a dozen sugar packets just rip the tops off and dump them in. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, I know like you see all these stories. Coffee's healthy. Drink coffee. It's better for you than drinking soda. Not if you're doing that to it. No. 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 Although I will say, uh, one of the things we have for one of our nutrition labs, we have just a, um, a, a, a 20 ounce bottle of Coca-Cola empty yeah. and we've just filled it with the dry sugar equivalent. And you know, it's like, it's, it's not exactly, but it's essentially half full of just sure. It's just sugar. sugar at that point. And that's really what soda is. It's just sugar a, water. Yeah. Just grab yourself a spoon and go to town. It's disgusting and delicious and refreshing. I was going to say <clears throat> when, when you go to Duncan to get your, you're barely adequate coffee. Do you go for a donut? What's your donut of choice at Duncan? Uh, at Duncan, my donut of choice um, is an old man donut. I'll be the first to admit the it. Plain. No, I, I go for the butternut. Interesting. The butternut. Okay. Yeah. No, no nuts in a butternut topping. That's the. It's the one that sort of uh, has a brownish beige sort of grit topping to yep. it. It's it's just a mixture, I believe, of butter and um, maybe, I don't know if it's molasses or brown sugar or what. It's just sort of, that's basically what it is. And it's topped on top of a more or less basic donut. Um, delicious. Love it. Very sweet. Uh, decadent. It's got a nice, it's not really almond, but it has that sort of, you know, flavoring to it. And I like it. It's good. I enjoy it. Hmm. I, I enjoy a butternut donut. I'll go for the glazed stick. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like the stick donut probably just get more donut. I don't know if that's accurate, but yeah, I I do enjoy that. Sometimes they have um, coffee rolls; those can be quite good. Yep, and those are definitely a bigger donut. They they cost more. Yeah, um, I love when they started coming out with the frosted coffee rolls because a coffee roll is just it's already glazed. Oh yeah, and then they put frosting oh, on so it. So I was like. But yeah, you want to talk about you want to talk about sugar. <laughs> I've occasionally tried one of their like apple fritters. Um, yep, don't care no, for them. They're not good. You can get better apple fritters elsewhere. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. Uh, recently, they have come out with a grilled cheese or a grilled ham and cheese. And I will admit, on days when I am I, there's nothing for lunch, I will sneak out and go get one. It's not grilled. It's barely hot. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I noticed that too about Dunkin' Donuts. Um, when I go, Dunkin', I'm sorry, it's just Dunkin' now. 
Um, when I when you go there and you get a bagel and they ask you, do you want it toasted or not? And you say, yes, I would like it toasted. I don't know if this has been your experience because I, I know there's 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 five different Dunkin Donuts within a two square mile radius of here. And I've all five sure. of them. Not one of them will give you a toasted bagel. They'll 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 toast it, which is to say yeah. it comes it goes through the machine and comes out at rocket speed, like warm ish, I guess. No. But by the time they slather it in your cream cheese or whatever it is they're putting on there and they hand it to you, it's basically room temperature again. Like it's yeah. not toasted. Like no, the last bagel I got from the one that's directly on my way to work um, smelled, to to quote Forrest Gump, it smelled like cigarettes. Gross. And I was like, you know, I'm I'm done with the bagels. But the grill, it's it's not bad. It's a ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. But the bread is warm, barely crispy, and the cheese is melted. But it, again, I'm like, this is not grilled. You you know. Even if you want to argue that a grilled cheese sandwich is usually not grilled, it's griddled, regardless. All right. Yeah. Well, there we go. I, I don't think I'm going to try coffee. Uh, my wife will get like a one of those frozen, what are they called? Frappuccino type things yeah, was- that has the coffee in it. Um, but even that, you know, she makes it herself. We have a little blender here and she pours the, you know, I'm like, I would have to pour the entire bottle of Hershey syrup in. To make it probably palatable for me. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> oh, well. Outside of uh, your, your instant coffee, anything new or exciting to report since we last spoke? Huh. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you watched? Oh, okay. Go ahead. I was going to say I, uh, I have finished editing the, the first episode. Of PWR. Yeah. I haven't put it up on Patreon yet, only because I think we're probably looking at getting a, a decent backlog of episodes recorded before we release these. I thought we the were public. putting I thought we were putting the bad episode up. So that was the one that was going up. Oh well at some point I, we're also gonna put I think the regular episodes up early for people. And so cool. I, I, I'm because it says that I'm one of the tiers, anyways. No, that's that works for me. Technically, it says the list, but that's you know, it's the spiritual successor to the list. So, um, but the thing I was I was kind of wondering is, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I should post it up as soon as it's done? As soon as I'm done editing it, should this go up on Patreon so people get it immediately? But then I was like, but we're so I think we're still pretty far away from the launch of that show. Mm-hmm. Again, we want to have a good backlog recorded before. Yeah. We do that. Full disclosure. Yeah. We've recorded two episodes. Both have been very good. Um, <clears throat> each one has resulted in a new best wrestler. Spoiler, spoiler. Uh, but we still don't know. Are we releasing it every other week? Are we doing it every week? I think it. I think those are the two. I think those are the two options. Well, you could do even less often if you wanted. You could do once a month. But um, I think I think every other week is the way to go. Um, I think every two weeks would be a good cadence for such a thing. And yeah, probably. Yeah. Gives us even longer of a time to try to finish the project. And let's face it. We need that though. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I will get, uh, I have a couple of things I need to chat with Mr. Banks about in terms of the vocal recording department. Um, so perhaps I will, the episode I did, I just put the, the theme on without any overage. It sounds all right. Sounds all right. I can, 
send that over to you if you're interested in hearing what it sounds like. But of course, yeah. of course, of course. Uh, I'm gonna assume that you have not seen Black Widow. No. Okay. Come on, that I don't. I'm sorry, you're man. not going. You're not going to the theater. No, I mean that movie looks like garbage. It gonna, looks like garbage. I'm sorry. You're not going to pay thirty dollars. No, for the digital rights. I will not. I'll I'll watch. Honestly, I think I I may not watch this movie when it is free, like on a streaming service. I already get whatever that. But well, of mm-hmm. course, that would be Disney Plus, right? Um, and I don't even pay for Disney Plus. Thank you, friend of the show, Eric. <laughs> um, but I don't think I'm gonna watch that movie ever. It just it looks like hot flaming turd garbage. <laughs> I, David Arbor as Red Guardian is enough. And it, you know, I uh, David seen, Arbor we haven't had a Marvel I didn't realize he was in it. We haven't had a Marvel movie in a very long time. We've had the shows. WandaVision was fine. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is fine. I'm only halfway through Loki. It's been fine. But I kind of want that feeling. We debated going to a drive-in. When was the last time you went to a drive-in movie? Never. You've never been to a drive-in movie? Never, ever. I want to go, Why not? but I've never been. Would, would that be a movie you would go to, or do you want to go see like a horror movie? In... What, are you saying would I go see Black Widow? I'm just asking what's your ideal My experience? My ideal experience would be horror movies, yes. Um, but I would... When they remake... What was it? What's the car move when they remake Christine? You should go see that in a. No, Christine's a. You don't want to go, Christine's a. You don't want to see a car horror movie in a car. Christine is such a silly concept. I know it's Stephen King, but it, it's just. Uh, <laughs> it's so silly. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah. I, I fully understand. People aren't comfortable going to a movie theater. I'm one of them. Uh, I may pay the $30. And watch Black Widow just for the the feeling of seeing a Marvel movie, uh, but I can also understand those people. Like I, th- who I, might I don't wait know, man. Like, just the thing I think that is hurting Marvel the most right now is that they're at the okay, and yeah, you know, COVID, whatever. Um, just glossing over that. Um, but you, <laughs> you know, is that the first sequence is over? We got to the end of Endgame, and it's over. And then here comes this movie, which was supposed to come out in 2019, mm-hmm. and then got pushed to 2020, and then the second half of 2020. Now here we are, halfway through 2021, and it's just now finally come out. A movie they shot yeah. back in 2018, a movie whose yeah. visual effects were being produced in 2017. Like they do that, you know. Their their visual effects are. Though, like the action sequences will be produced up to a year or two before they even have a director for the film. Um, it's interesting, ridiculous uh, what kind of machine is behind these movies. Um, but anyways, um, I, 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 it's just there's no purpose to the films anymore. I think part of what was really cool about Marvel was, yeah, it started off slow and you were interested in seeing the characters and superhero movies were novel uh, back when Iron Man came out. Right. They were still novel and it was interesting to go see all these different heroes and watching them being done right as a comic book fan there was excitement there and then by the time they even got to the first avengers movie there was a greater purpose and it felt like all of these movies were tying in and they were supporting each other and ultimately progressing the grand meta narrative 
propelling it towards Endgame, right? And then you have Endgame, and you know, spoilers if you haven't seen it, Black Widow dies, she falls off a, a meteor in outer space or whatever, and now you want me to go back to a movie that takes place between Civil War and Infinity War about a character who's already dead, who we know how she ends. There's no greater narrative. There's no... It's just a weightless narrative push, right? Where it's 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 nice to get a self-contained story. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Um, but especially knowing when it was filmed and the fact that it's not really part of a second sequence of anything either just makes it feel like treading water in the worst way possible. I don't like prequels to begin with. And then, and then, and then again, like I like Scarlett Johansson as an actress. I do think the black widow character is interesting, but then it's this movie where these, are you looking at the special effects in the trailer? Like the action sequences? Of course not. Like, she does not have superpowers. I, I, I hope when you watch this movie, DC, the entire time, every action sequence, I just want you to watch and I want you to come back and report to me how many times should a person with no superpowers be dead in that movie? Because apparently her, her superpower is she can't be hurt, apparently, looking at because again, they they fall they fell into that trap of Marvel movies. They keep getting bigger and grander and more exciting. The action sequences, and but then they put this character that has no business in those style of action sequences into those action sequences. I don't. Are you saying that a per, a regular person with no superpowers shouldn't be able to have a sword fight while falling from a plane? Uh, yeah. And they shouldn't be able to fall and hit the top of a building and hit some ducting, hit another ducting, hit. Uh, a, a dumpster and then get up off the ground with no injuries or bruises or bleeding or broken bones. She doesn't have any superpowers. Yes, but if we're going to go, if we're going all the way, if we're going to stop suspending disbelief now, it's you just, know. it's harder because this is a movie in which she is the centerpiece. In the other movies, yes. she was supporting character, she was off screen a lot. Here, she's going to be the focus in these sequences that don't make sense for her character. What they should have done if you were asking Doc Manson, and you're not, clearly, but what you should have done is you should have made a movie more like The Winter Soldier, something that felt more like a more grounded movie. This should have been a spy thriller. It should have been, don't get me wrong, these movies aren't that good either, and yes, the action sequences are totally over the top in a lot of them, but you could put her in a Mission Impossible movie where the emphasis is on real stunts using the actors, their likenesses, not this ridiculous CG. And you could have made a movie with a plot worthy of the character. That's what she is at her core. She's not an action. Um, she's not a superhero. She's a spy. You should have made a spy thriller. Because that's not what this movie is. Sorry if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but that's not says the, uh, says the person. Who but that's not the movie they're selling in the trailer. So I'd be very surprised if that's what it is. Well, 
I will probably have seen it by the time we record next week. So I will report back not only in how many times she should have died, but also I'll let you know if it's a spy movie or a superhero. Although Red Guardian is technically a super soldier, but I, I will report back. There is not a bear, though. I'm a little disappointed there's not a bear. The villain in this movie? Yeah. Kind of looks like they went out of their way to make him look like Martin Scorsese. I'm going to have to, obviously I don't pay attention to the trailers. I was too busy going taskmaster. Yeah. I don't want to burst your bubble on that, but everybody is already comparing taskmaster to the Mandarin. I, you know what? I, I have, I have spoiled it enough to understand what they're going with there. I, in this instance, I'm okay with it because Mandarin had a deep, really like he was Iron Man's arch villain. Taskmaster has always been a very cool character, but he's not one of your big bads. He's the guy the big bad hires to do the thing. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that, but we'll see. I'll watch the movie and I'll, I'll, I'll make the judgment hey. for myself. So I don't, I don't even know who I assume it's whoever hires Taskmaster, but I'll, I'll have to see if it looks like Martin Scorsese. That uh, presumes that I can visualize Martin Scorsese and all I'm seeing right now are like Eugene Levy style eyebrows. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. White hair, white hair, and, a little upturned thing and a big old horn rim glasses. All right. So Eugene Levy in a lot of ways, a lot of ways. All right. Well, there's doc Manson's thoughts. He doesn't like Dunkin' Donuts coffee and he doesn't like black widow. Now you I know. like black widow, just not the movie. Character. Yeah, character's fine. And ScarJo. Are you okay with this being a transition to a different Black Widow? Because clearly that's where we're heading is we're grooming this other one to be in the next, to be that that character in the next movies because she's cheaper than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> uh, yeah, the lady from uh, Midsummer, which was a great horror movie. Um, what is her name? Florence Pugh. Oh, yeah. Pugh. Florence Pugh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's, she's a good actress. She's a good actress, too. Um. I doubt that, I don't know if they're really going to replace her in future movies with her. I would expect her just to disappear, but there they are, huh? Hmm. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying nothing. Is David Harbour, Harbour is he going to appear in later films as well as the Red Guardian? That I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, I like they him. Could do a He's whole, a good actor. I like him. They could do a whole Winter Guard. Like the Russians had their own Avengers team, which was the bear, Ursa Major, this man who has been transformed into a bear. But, you know, and Dark Star and all of that. They could do a whole thing. I, I doubt it. I wouldn't be surprised if David, Ar- David Arbor's character doesn't survive this movie. Um, his uh, we'll his Hellboy movie. Not very good. I didn't. I think we talked about it on here. And I was like, hey, Hellboy. Yeah. And you were like, no. I, I watched like, okay. it. I like, I like him. But. Hmm. I like the people who are tying season four of Stranger Things in with Black Widow because clearly Hopper was experimented on and spent many times in this Russian prison and became a superhero. So now that he's free, he has to go find Eleven. And when does that come out? I don't know. And when does your Ghostbusters movie come out? November something. All right. You know when Money in the Bank comes out? No. 
this Sunday. Oh, wow. Don't care. But it's Money in the Bank. I know it's not in Titan Towers. I know there won't be brother love and fighting in Vince McMahon's office and things. But Money in the Bank is a good pay-per-view. Sure. You Would you like to know about what the matches we're going to see? Or Well, I mean, as long as the name of this show is DDT Wrestling, I feel like I can't say no. So Contractually. Contractually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in the match that will likely be on the pre-show, uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions, who, of course, as you know, are AJ Styles and Omos, Oh, we'll be almost, almost, almost. Is that the guy? That would be no. That would be Cassius. Oh no! Uh, but that would be great if they just co-opted that. It would be, wouldn't it? Anyways, uh, they they will be defending against the Viking Raiders. Ah, yes, the Raider Raiders, as we covered last yes. week. The Raider Raiders. Uh, let's see. We will get. We were supposed to get Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Oh yeah, I heard. I didn't. I heard that match. Bailey quit, um, which is to say her ACL quit on her, and she will not be. Her ACL did quit. She will not be performing for some nine months while the internet yeah. sus- supposes that she's going to have a baby. Which, of course, <laughs> internet you know, will. Internet. All you need is all you need is nine months, <laughs> and then you're yeah, fine. Then you're good to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, they were repl- naming a replacement. It was supposed to be for Sunday. It wound up being Carmella. And very quickly, they were like, no, it'll be next week on SmackDown. So they've taken it who off the pay-per-view. Idea? Was it? Who was looking at this, this card and said, all right, Bailey's down. She's hurt. She's out. Well, we, we got to look at the rest of this roster. Who is the one-to-one? It's close to a replacement. Just We can just get to step in. To get this match on the card, who can we replace Bailey with going down the Rolodex? And it is Carmella! Who decided that? I like Carmella, uh, but who decided that? Sonia Deville, if we're going with a uh if we're going with a storyline uh, thing. Sonia I, Deville yeah, would have I, probably been an okay match. Carmella's not. She's Sonia Deville is the G, she's not wrestling. She's the basically the GM. Why not? Why she's the she, she's the authority is figure. She I don't injured? Know. No, she had taken some time off, I think, for like mental health reasons, and now she's back as just she wears nice suits. Is this on makes SmackDown pro- specifically? Or? Yeah. Okay. So she came out and announced that uh Carmella would be the replacement. And then Liv Morgan came out. and Hell, even Liv Morgan um, would have fired. Well, Liv Morgan's going to be in the Money in the Bank match along with oh, many okay, other people. Oh, okay, so maybe we'll that's part of that. the problem. It is a Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, so you can't, you can't grab everybody. And you can't grab Mandy Rose because she's now a part of the NXT. Well, roster. I don't know if you know this, DC, but you shouldn't grab anybody. It's not very that's polite. True. You should ask. In polite society. Just but you could have gone with Nia Jax. You could have gone I am with not Baszler. Shayna Baszler, she will rip my I'm arm off. I'm not talking about grabbing. Asking, knocking on the door and saying, Shayna, would you like to wrestle the SmackDown Women's Champion? I do think that's also a little forward. These days, you could probably just text maybe a winky face emoji. Maybe you text the newest members of the SmackDown Women's roster, Shotzi and Tegan Knox. You could ask them. Are they... Who was Tegan Knox? not friendly with they had a rivalry dakota kai what's she doing these days because if he needed she, another bailey true 
True. That would have been, uh, she is friends with Raquel Gonzalez, the NXT women's champion. And we're just counting down the days until she turns on Raquel and they feud over the time. I see. That seems, seems to be a little bit. My synapses were a little dried up there. They weren't quite firing. It took me a little bit to get to go to guy, but I think, yeah, you know, if you had to, you could have pulled somebody up from NXT. Uh, Absolutely. uh, They've announced so Shotzi, especially and with Tegan like Knox. someone like Bianca Belair. She, I, I mean, she hasn't been on the main roster that long. She must have still had some programs with people that are in NXT. You could have, you could have called up Io Shirai for a one-time deal. You like they could have done something with this. It, this seems to be the Carmella is your in case of emergency. Right, I mean, glass and text her. I'm and sure after. Jeremy would tell us, "Ah, oh, well, get them out of the situation. Doesn't do any harm. No foul." Uh, Carmella wasn't worth anything anyways. And I would say, Jeremy, how dare you belittle the worth of Carmella as a performer? She is a human being. She has earned her place on the roster. And, you know, she is just as deserving of this title shot as, as say, uh, Charlotte Flair or, 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 or the man Becky Lynch. That's what I have to say about Carmella, Jeremy. Not to put words in your mouth, sir. I couldn't, I couldn't finish it with a straight face. Uh, so what, I, what I'm hearing here is last week. This podcast. Go listen. Last week, you kind of wrapped up the feud with <laughs> Liam Stryker. And so now you've moved on. And you've decided that Jeremy is the new person you're going to feud with. No. Jeremy will engage more. <laughs> Jeremy will cut a promo oh. on you. And then you'll have to listen to the Piece of Business podcast, which you can get most Sundays. Uh, to figure out his response. All right. Uh, 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 DC, so. w- would you at least volunteer to give me the Cliff Notes version of said promo? Just listen. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good show. I recommend it. It's a good piece of business. Another good piece of business will be uh, the one women's title match we will be seeing. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Haven't we seen that? Oh, no. Asuka was involved, right? No, we saw it last time. Oh, okay. Ray, I got disqualified, so now we're doing it again. Is there a DQ stipulation nope. or not as of now? All right, I'm sure that I'm sure that this will also have something like that, and then when they wrestle at SummerSlam, there will be a stipulation. Uh, Roman Reigns will be defending his Universal Title against Edge in a one-on-one match. Great. Bobby Lashley will be defending his WWE title against Kofi Kingston. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Has, has, they've had a nice little... done that a thousand times already, or, or am I justified? Uh, they've in wrestled, excited? I think, they've wrestled, I think, once. This past week on Raw, Xavier Woods pinned Lashley. Okay. Which caused him to take out his aggression on, you know, MVP as his manager and has this VIP lounge and is, you know, he's got, you know, fancy, you know, drinks and there's multiple women there as kind of groupies and things. And Lashley was like, no, nah, I got to get back to business. And so it should be good. No, that sounds. Like and, a good and, then we, and then we do have our uh, money in the bank matches. There are two women's and men's. The women's match, we have Asuka. Okay. Naomi. Yep. Alexa Bliss. Okay. Nikki Ash. 
Ah, yeah. Nikki Cross. She's changed, yeah. uh-huh. she's changed her name. Uh, Liv Morgan. Is Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash, or is she the butterfly person all the time? She's a superhero. Right. Is Nikki Ash the name of the superhero, or is Nikki Ash the backstage correspondent and the butterfly lady no, has a different Nikki, name? No, Nikki Ash. Nikki Ash. Ash stands for almost a superhero. Oh. And Two I think this is just Ash. because. No, just one. Almost a superhero. Superheroes one. It's like in some act, in some acronyms, one of some of the you know little articles don't get letters in the acronym. So almost a superhero. But but the H in the middle of the word superhero gets its own part of the acronym. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's not Nikki as super, super space super space hero. Okay. Uh, who who else was after? Uh, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Okay. The recently returned Zelina Vega. She was the girl who liked unions and cosplay? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then got hired back and has ceased liking unions. Go figure. Um, Natalia. How many people are in this godforsaken match? Eight. Is that a lot for Money in the Bank, or is that usual? Uh, it's lately, it's usual. It originally was just six. Yeah. Then it now has expanded to eight, four from each. What was roster. that last name? Uh, the, we don't. Natalia was the seventh okay. name, and the eighth name has yet to be determined. Technically, there's one more SmackDown spot open. Uh, people are like, it's going to be Becky Lynch. She's making a comeback. She keeps posting workout photos on Instagram. Or it's going to be Tony Storm because it says she's making her way to the main roster, which is true. Yes. But we, as, as of this moment, we don't know. For all we know, it could be Carmella. It could be Shayna Baszler. Could be Shayna Baszler. Could be Shotzi. Could be Tegan Knock. We don't know. That's some of the excitement. Alexa Bliss still doing the demon baby gimmick? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she had a segment where she invited Eva Marie and Dewdrop to her playground. The fuck is Dewdrop? So Eva Marie, there's all these, you know, promos. She's returning. She's returning. She's returning. She's returning. Um, so she makes her return and introduces her friend, NXT UK star Piper Niven, who has been renamed Dewdrop. Because Dewdrop is apparently a slang for uh, enjoying the company of both men and women, I think. I Isn't, that. that was Viper on the in, independent scene? Yes. Yes. She so, was good. I she, liked her. She's very good. Yeah. And if you're going to bring Eva Marie back, uh, I'd rather her be a mouthpiece for someone like that. Oh, I. Forgive me. Let me correct myself. According to Urban Dictionary, <clears throat> according to Urban Dictionary, Dewdrop means re- <laughs> refers to women who are romantically attracted to other women. Oh, exclusively. So that doesn't seem to be what is happening with them. But yes, so uh, Dewdrop now wrestles all of Eva Marie's matches, and then Eva claims that she won. So they're doing very nice things with that character of just leaning into the fact that everyone, many, many people hate her yeah. 
and they she's are a leaning heat into magnet, that. So, yeah. So the women's match should be good. As for the men's match, it should also be good. We've got Ricochet. All right, he can fall off of stuff. John Morrison. He can also fall off of stuff. Riddle. I feel like he could fall off a thing. Drew McIntyre. He's tall. He can pick up oh, things. Yeah. He's the guy who picks up oh, the yeah. things. Biggie. He can also pick up all the things. Kevin Owens. Yeah, every triangle needs its base. Uh, King Nakamura. What? I feel like I missed something there, but all right. He he has won the title of King off of Baron Corbin. That's so Baron Corbin is now, now? unsure. Apparently. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a title. I think it's just for this storyline. Um, yeah. Baron Corbin is now destitute and like selling his watches to Dolph Ziggler and getting his car repossessed. Sadly, the repo man wasn't there. I was so excited. That would have been a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, but so King Nakamura will be there. And then the final participant is Seth Rollins. Who can also fall off stuff. Yeah. But can he do it without, you know, Injuring and ending someone else's career? I think not. But you have a nice mix of your. What, what your, is Seth Rollins doing these got, days? Is he um, uh, wrestling Jesus still? Because he was calling himself that for a while, right? No, now he's the drip master. Gross. Why did I <laughs> ask? Uh, You've got Dewdrop and the drip master. What? What? But I don't what know if that's his, I don't know if that's his odd screen name. Master? He's just, he wears ridiculous outfits and he had a feud with, so um, how is he different from Nakamura Cesaro Nakamura Seth Rollins wears like ridiculous suits and of bold colors and things like that. Nakamura just wears ridiculous ring attire. But even that, did you know that Rock- Nakamura has his own personal guitarist who plays his entrance? I did not. His name's Rick Boogs. Is he related to Bastion Booger? No, unfortunately not. But he was an NXT wrestler who didn't only showed up once or twice. And now I he did a couple. I feel like Nakamura's theme song last time I checked in had a lot of violins in it. And of course, rap music yeah, over now it. The, so I'm assuming it's not the same. Well, now that he's, now that he's back to being a baby face, the rap is gone. Oh, it is back to he's just a baby face. the violin. He is. So your baby faces are Ricochet, Riddle, McIntyre. Well, really everybody but John Morrison and Seth Rollins, really. Everybody else in this match is baby. They really are playing Riddle as a face. Oh, yeah. He's teaming with uh, Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. That Randy other Orton's famous gone. face, Randy Orton. RK bro. Really, though, why not just have them be heels? Randy Orton is... I don't like Randy Orton, but I'll admit he's one of the best heels of all time. He just, he works. I think that's eventually going to, it was kind of that odd couple pairing where Randy Orton's not necessarily a baby face, but he was, you know, I just, I feel like Matt Riddle, especially like the personality he was building up on social media, just being this cocky, self-sure upstart. I, you know, I'm an MMA guy. I can take any of you guys down. Goldberg. Lesnar. No. Now he's now he's just Jason Muse. Uh, he's really just a buff Jason Muse. That's all he is. That's unfortunate, but okay. Riding around on his scooter with his flip flops. All right. Yeah. 
Having said that, I'm excited. You know, the, the matches should be good. I'm more and in, most interested in money in the bank always. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Who You know, they keep talking about it. if you win the, t- the briefcase, you have an 80% chance of cashing that in for a title. And I'm like, we're down to 80% already. It used to be like, nah. you know, everybody but Sandow cashed in. But now we're down to 80%. Either way, I recommend if you have. If you have, you know, nothing going on this Sunday evening and you're looking for some entertainment. I won't be that bored, the, I tell you that. You watched the last one. I did? You watched a couple of matches. Yeah, two of them. Well, I was bored. Maybe you watched two. Maybe you watched two of them. Keep your eyes on the, the Bestie chat. They'll tell you when the Money in the Bank matches are started. Turn on the Peacock, watch the ladder match, and then turn it back off again. All right, maybe I could maybe do that. But chances are I'll be watching a horror movie of some kinds. How many horror movies are you watching in a week? Ballpark. Five. Five? Yeah, five to seven, maybe. Wow. All seven right. in a real good You ever going to run? Really only one a day. You ever going to run out? Or is there no way you're going to watch them? There's all? no way I'm going to watch them all. But I will say I've, I've, I've gotten to the point because my favorite period of time is the 80s. Um, because. At that point, even low budget movies still had craft to them. For the most part, they were still shot on film. They still had practical effects. Um, and even the ones that are bad still have a certain degree of production to them. Um, but mm-hmm. in the you know early to mid 80s is when shot on video became a thing. 90s is when you know everybody was shooting on video. And then 2000s, everybody at that point is moving on digital like full digital like and practical effects go away and digital effects start coming in and every single blood effect is the same built-in adobe premiere pro default blood splatter free thing you can find online and it's just there's no craft to those movies anymore and they're just garbage so i do feel like i'm starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel of what i would traditionally call um, my wheelhouse, those 80s films that um, really can be engaging to me no matter what their quality. Um, and I yeah. don't know that I'll move on to watching the 90s because there's just so much garbage. And that's the problem when you start going to like the 2000 forward. Like there is just so much garbage that has no redeeming characteristic. It's Oh, I don't know. I'll probably try to start picking stuff out, but I don't know. And even going earlier, you don't want to go backwards. Well, I thought about it, but seventies. Um, it's it's again eighties is the sweet spot. You get back into the seventies, and a lot more stuff is taboo. The special effects aren't there. Um, I just last night I watched. Um, gee, what year was it? Seventy nine, maybe. The Amityville Horror, the original Amityville Horror. Um. And, you know, it's a real slow movie, which I don't mind necessarily, but like there's there's no real good special effects to speak of in the film. And because of how slow it is and how different I think audiences were at the time, the things that it thinks are scary don't quite land the same way, I don't think. Mm-hmm. There, there, there starts to be this barrier the earlier you go 
where some of that stuff just doesn't quite play as well either. Um, I do think it's a safer bet to move into the 70s than to go forward into the 90s. Um, but, you know, before I got onto this most recent kick, my kick from last year, or even two years ago, I got way into Italian horror. I probably chronicled it on yeah. this show. And a lot of Italian horror was um, 60s and 70s. So at this point, I've seen a lot of those too. So based on your Twitter, shouldn't you be going into Hammer? Because didn't you say to Glenn that you needed to watch more Hammer I horror? Do. And I have gone into Hammer a bit. I've seen within the last two years way more Hammer than ever. Um, you know, that box set that I was able to get with Simon's kind contribution. I've watched a lot of that even. But that box set actually doesn't have a lot of the big films. It's got a lot more of the smaller ones, which is interesting to sure. see also. Um, but it doesn't have a lot of the Frankensteins. It doesn't have a lot of the Draculas, um, the big main run ones. So those are the ones I have to track down. Um, and I will watch them, but I've seen the first couple in each of those series at this point. And yeah, some of them have like five movies or more in them. But once you've seen the first couple, it's kind of derivative and downhill from there anyways. So I feel like I've seen the best. You watched movie. all the, you watched all the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and no. all those great horror Honestly, movies. Honestly, those start to get a little bit too early for me. At some point, I probably will go back and rewatch a lot of the Universal films from the 30s. And so, I mean, that was the plan when I was thinking about a season two of Horrid at some point. Um, but I don't know if I'll get there or not. Uh, I'm just afraid of how they've aged, I guess, to some degree. Although I do think they'll be enjoyable. Well, that's part of that's that's what people need from you, though. They need you to watch these movies, even if they've aged poorly. But then they the other part of it to is, be the one to die. I will in. say, looking at Shutter and looking at a lot of the movies that they've got up on Shutter now, like I do feel like there's been a bunch of relatively low budget, independent style films from the past five maybe the 10 years where there's a lot on there now where I'm like, Oh, I got to watch that. Oh, I got to watch that. Oh, that looks pretty good. Um, so even though like, I do feel like the nineties and the two thousands had a lot of shit. I feel like from 2010 forward, I think a lot of those, um, low budget independent people shooting direct to film. There's a lot more people out there who finally understand that media and, and mm -hmm. are doing good things with it now. So, are you talking like the it follows type? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that to me, I think <clears throat> is masterpiece. So that's probably way on the, the positive end of the spectrum. But, but yes, yes. Um, I think Shudder's got a lot of those types of films and they're not all going to hit obviously, but there's enough of them that I'm watching the trailers and I'm like, Oh, that looks good. Um, that I'm interested. And the other thing I'm, I'm becoming increasingly interested in is foreign films um, from Indonesia and um, th those types of areas. I just recently <laughs> watched one called The Funeral Home, um, which was pretty good. Like, it wasn't great, or it wasn't great, but the thing that I thought was really interesting about it is about this family, um, this husband and wife, um, and the wife has a daughter from a different marriage, and the, the mother has a lot of issues because her previous husband beat the shit out of her and stuff like that, you know, so... Um, it's this weird dynamic. The kid doesn't get along with the stepfather, but the stepfather treats the mother really nice, but he's really spineless. You know, a neat dynamic there. But the whole point of the film is they live in this funeral home because that's his career. He's a he, he runs a funeral parlor. And the thing that I thought was interesting about it, right away, when the movie starts, 
they just they live in this house where there are ghosts. And it's just it's just an accepted part of that world. You know what I mean? Like huh. any American movie, the first act of that film, the first 40 minutes would have been the family moves into the house. Things are a little weird. Something the discovery happens. of the ghosts. The door opens yeah. on its own. The things in the night, things ramp up. They ask, you know what? Exactly. But like this film, it was just like, nope, that's what's happening. That's the thing. And I think that's really cool when you get these windows into these other cultures where it's just like, yeah, no, this is a thing. Just accept it because that's our suspension of disbelief. That's the level that we're at. And you're just, you're so yeah. not used to that. You see all these American films where again, like that first act writes itself and it's so boring. I've seen it so many times. So to see this other movie where it's just like, hey, this is a thing, accept it and move on so we can get on with the rest of our premise. I find that exciting in, in, in ways um, in, in ways that I, I, I find exciting. So now I always like challenging myself. You don't do half stars. So I'm going to say four stars. Three. It's either three or yeah, four. It's either three or four. Um, it's probably three. At first, I was going to say three. Went but... a little bit, a little bit trite. Um, but okay, yeah, it, it could have. I think it could have been a, a solid four with some differences in the third act. It was pretty. It was pretty good. Hmm. And the other thing it suffered from right. was, and this is what happens with a lot of these other the foreign films that don't get wide distribution is they tend to have they're they're subtitled. They're not even dubbed, um, which is good. I prefer subtitles, anyways. But a lot of times the subtitle translations aren't great. So like you, you're reading it and you're like, and like the English isn't perfect, which is again, it's understandable, but sometimes you kind of have to read it and be like, what did they mean by that? You know what I mean? Like it. Mm -hmm. And so there's this extra level of ambiguity that is probably a result of just mistranslation. But again, even that I find charming in certain ways. Um, So it doesn't bother me anyways. I'd like to point out that I've spent a lot of the last five minutes being like, what the hell is my piece of positivity going to be? Because nine times out of 10, your piece of positivity is a horror movie and you spend the time talking about it. And I'm going, what am I going to talk about? And then I went, holy shit, we haven't done the emails yet. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. This one's from last week. Uh, I found it in the spam folder. It's from friend of the show, Rachel. Hashtag doc for Hall of Fame. Thought I'd bring back this gem for Liam's <laughs> DDT wrestling debut that never happened. Hope you're having a fun show. Can't wait to hear. It was fun. I do wonder what Liam uh, would have said. No one's going to hear it, but it was fun. I wonder what Liam would have said to Doc for Hall of Fame. Liam, I'm sure you're listening. Let me know. Yeah. He's in New York City. He decided to get on a train. Well, when you're on uh, a train, you have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. Very, very true. All right. Uh, next one comes from Jeremy, my boy Hammer. Why does Doc Manson have heat with Alexander Hammerstone? Somebody needs to get to the bottom of this. What's I have no idea what's happening. Um, what did you do on Twitter? What did Hammerstone do on? I Twitter? don't even know. But I, I I'm trying to remember how it even came up on Twitter. I think I asked something about. I think I put a tweet up about horror movie creatures that scared you as a kid. And then Glenn responded. And then at some point, Jeremy responded to Glenn with something about Hammerstone. I didn't even know what it was about, really. And then I clicked on the profile because I was going to just type back, I don't know who that is. Sure. 
But I clicked through to the profile and I've got this Alexander Hammerstone blocked. I don't even really know who he is, but I blocked him for some reason. So there's some sort of heat there, but I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think of when you would have, like Hammerstone has only really wrestled in MLW. Like, I don't My remember you watching MLW. Is there was a little period of time where people on the internet were making, um, let's say, tweets about either their political stances or idiotic uh, stances about um, proper precautions during a pandemic. And my uh, guess is the block came out just, of that. Somebody probably right. tweeted something that he said, and I just said, fuck this guy. Don't need him on my timeline. Um, chances are, I, I don't know that for a fact, Alexander Hammerstone, if I'm misrepresenting your views uh, on the air here, nobody's going to hear it anyway, so don't be too concerned. Nobody listens to the show. Um, if that, that, so that may have been what it was, but I could also be way off. It could have just been, I didn't like his face. I, I, who knows? Alexander Hammerstone. His name is Alexander Hammerstone. <laughs> oh. uh, <clears throat> was it last week or the week before we mentioned that we had not heard from Danielle in a while? She posted in the Bessie chat for the first time in ages. Was that today? My days are all blurring together. I think yeah, it was today. Maybe? I don't know. <clears throat> and this morning we got an email notes. Hi guys. I've been listening to y'all during my commutes to the elementary school. I've been serving at this summer. And here are some notes I've composed over the summer. And I'm now getting to email about before kids arrive on the second to last day of the program. Don't say that. Cause it makes me feel like summer's over and I'm not ready. <laughs> one. Yay. We have a new bestie, Tim emailing in and adding to the podcast. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Tim did not write us not this, this week. week. Maybe next. Tim, we'll look Maybe forward to hearing Tim. Number two, happy six year anniversary for DDT podcast. I've been listening since at least the beginning of 2016 and I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, we adore and appreciate you. <clears throat> Number three. Will you guys be able to reschedule the interview with Liam slash Eddie? I'd love to email in a question or two for all three of y'all. Can't wait to hear the episode once it's released. Uh, I'm up for it. We would need to make sure it is a time when he can record the way we record. So we're yeah, not. Or like I said before, I do think that we have a solution with your mixer. We potentially. A lot of work on my part, though. <laughs> Come on. And then if it goes wrong, it's my fault. I'd much rather have the, the potential errors be out of my control. But yes, we could do that. I'm, I'm sure we <clears throat> Four, what has y'all schools decided on the fall semester with masks and social distancing? It's looking more and more like in-person courses will be going on and masks have practically fallen away. There's also been a difficult part with getting parents to vaccinate their kids when some of the parents aren't vaccinated yet either. Uh, as far as I know, we're still wearing masks. I know the CDC has said you don't need them if you're fully vaccinated. But uh, when I last heard from my superiors, they said we were still wearing masks. A lot of the cohorting was going away. Some of the social distancing was going away. Uh, I think I can put desks together. I can't get my tables back, which I'm not happy about. But that's that's fine. I'll accept that. Uh, but otherwise, you know, yeah, it's pretty much same old, same old. But I don't know. I don't know if that'll change. I don't know if all of a sudden teachers won't have to wear masks if they're vaccinated. We'll, we'll find out. 
What about you? What's what's the go? How are things going at the higher well, education? You know, level? we have other considerations because we have um, folks coming from a lot of different areas. Um, True. So it's not necessarily as clear cut of of how are we doing in this community. So it sounds like um, masks will continue to be a thing. Um, although there there has been some talk that you know we'll see how the semester starts. I suspect that after two or three weeks, if everything is quiet, I think the the expectation for masks will likely also fall away. That's also presuming that there are no new variants of concern that arise in the interim. Um, you know, I certainly will say, you know, some areas of the country are not doing well with the vaccinations. Missouri, we're looking at you, 20% of your adult population. Um, you know, and the thing with this Delta variant is uh, if you're reading what's coming out, the observations coming out of the hospitals right now, um, it's people are coming in and they're getting sicker quicker, going downhill quicker. And this time it's people's in their 20s, 30s and 40s. Um, the younger crowd is getting it. So. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. But get your Fauci ouchie if you haven't already. All right. Get it. I'm taking that term back. I know they use it to mock them. <clears throat> I'm taking it back. That's our term. You can't use it. No, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the New York Times website because I'm a grown up. And it says that the, you know, there's a hundred nine percent rise in new cases in the United States uh, over the last two weeks. So yeah. All right. My favorite teaching story from this summer. It was art elective, and the kids were doing their pop-out craft. I randomly declared that we were going to play a game for a prize. Winner of the quiet game gets one Skittle. Thus, the game began, with eight kids, third going into fourth grade, wanting that Skittle for an afternoon snack. They were able to sign, mouth words, and write to communicate to classmates. We never got an official winner because the day ended with a three-way tie after being quiet for an hour and a half for one Skittle. I gave competitive kids 10 Skittles each instead. So question, what's the best moment like above you've seen or participated in? Okay, that's all I have for today. Cheers, Danielle. Danielle, once again, love to hear from you. Always welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Um. I have a a behavior management system in which, you know, they, they can go up or down a chart based on their behavior. And by and large, this past year, usually you, you earn, you know, you can sit in special seating. You can do all of these things. You can have lunch with the teacher if you earn a certain number of points. I couldn't do any of those because all of them violated some COVID protocol. Uh, and yet they still were not fighting with each other, but the, the act of just having your tag with your name on it slightly higher than everybody else's tag with their name on it uh, is a great motivator if you are seven to nine years old. So, you know, are you motivating college students with skills? How are you, how are you inspiring them to get their work done? This question is kind of more for me. I'm not sure how um. <laughs> exactly... How are you going to, you're, you're going to be going into, you know, you, you've been running laboratories. Have we mentioned what you're doing in the fall? Are we allowed to talk about that? 
the the changes oh, for you? Um, I think I've talked about working at another institution in the past, doing their labs. But as a lecturer, and now I'm now, taking over the right? lectures as well. Yeah, so I'll be. How do you expect to? Oh, for, let me let me back up. Do you expect any sort of issues with discipline? No. As a lecturer. No. Are you going to be okay if people pull out yep. their phones and start texting in the middle don't of your care. lecture? You don't care? As far as I'm concerned, at the college level, you're paying to be there. If you want to pay your hard-earned money to ignore me, you're prerogative. Okay. So if somebody talks back or starts, you know, class clowning it up. I mean, I doubt they'll do that. You're, gonna get, you're okay getting heckled? No. Heckled, <laughs> I'll say, shut the hell up and get out. Um, I'm going to need to know when these classes are happening and in what room these classes are happening. I will find my way to this institution and I will sit in the back with like a trucker cap. Well, I think it's the science building just... second floor. So uh, I'm sure you can find it. Okay. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> All right. We have an email from Glenn, the bestest of the besties, but because he sent it from his phone, uh, I don't have it. So I'm going to need you, Doc, to read us. Okay, let me look it up. Here we go. Uh, the subject line is tape trading. Hi, guys. I was listening to a discussion the other day about how kids used to watch wrestling through tape trading with others. Me being an old man, we didn't have such a thing when growing up, but my first experience of U.S. pay-per-views were through the local VHS video hire shop. Hire shop. I like that instead of a rental. Fire shop like that. Okay, so I was wondering when did you first start watching wrestling and did you ever partake in tape trading? Not only wrestling, but movies or music too. Thanks, as always, Glenn. Things like Napster count as trading? No, that's really just piracy. Okay. Not that we would no, ever never. do that. Just, no, not, no, not, not Napster, not uh, LimeWire, not eDonkey. Uh, remember E Donkey? <laughs> e Donkey. I don't remember E Donkey. What was the other one? I got it. I remember getting a series of stand up. Kaza? Like George Carlin. I remember Kaza. I remember Kaza. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting like nine or 10, you know, Lewis Black or George Carlin stand up audios and being like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I need nothing else. Find with a PH. Um, I started my first, the first wrestling show I went to live was October of 92. So I must have started watching sometime maybe that summer or sometime in 1992. Because I don't remember watching WrestleMania or anything like that that year. Um, and no, you know, I went to, I've told this story many times, but, you know, the, the little town <clears throat> that my grandmother lived in up in Vermont. There was a little video store. They had a pretty large selection of Coliseum videos. I made my way through pretty much all the SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumbles, just one tape at a time. But I never partook in trading. By the time we came of age, you know, I bought, I got as a Christmas gift the WrestleMania box set. I could go buy, you know, things at Blockbuster or rent things at Blockbuster. But nope, never traded. Had no interest in you know, finding out what great Japanese wrestling I had been missing. Okay. So, yeah. 
Um, I don't, I don't know that you... I traded tapes with anyone, but I will say, um, certainly, my my mother had a coworker who would send us home recordings of of the current pay per views that were not yet available, um, at the rental store. We didn't get a ton of those from that guy, but I definitely saw a few WrestleManias and SummerSlams that way. So definitely for a two or three That's year nice. period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was that. that was no trading, so it wasn't reciprocal in any way. Um, reciprocated, rather. No, but it was a nice thing. It was a nice yeah. thing for, for that yeah. gentleman. So that to was, there, there was that. Otherwise, yeah, just the, the, uh, the video hire shop would be where I got the majority of my tapes. I, I like that. Video hire shop. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, when did VHS get popular here? I know like it was out by 1980, but I feel like I feel like I can remember when we got our first VCR, which would have been oh, yeah. to remember it would it would have had to have been like at least 86, 87. The first VHS tapes I remember are 1989's Batman, uh, The Sound of Music, and uh, like a, a Peter Pan. You're right. So like Batman clearly was, it was I probably one of the first real big sellers. Yeah. Yeah. But I would assume I would assume it would be, you know, what was it? Turn of the Jedi came out in 83 or was that Empire? But, you know, maybe the end of Star Wars, E.T. Yeah. So like Jaws. So like your mid eighties, well, I think was probably so that's way before. Uh, shows what yeah, I'm... <laughs> and nineteen by nineteen eighty, it was Betamax and VCR were both available, and even by and by nineteen eighty, yeah. I think it was clear that VCR was going to beat Betamax. Like when you could go to Blockbuster and you could like, would you like to watch this on VHS, where you have to rewind, or would you like this fancy DVD where you can pick what scene you want to watch and just skip right mm. to it. I remember being like, we, this is the height of technology. We, the future. we are living, we live in the future. I want to watch this scene. And I just go click, click, click. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think either of us were huge tape traders. All right. So thank you to Glenn and Danielle and Jeremy and Rachel for your emails. That brings us to the part of the show. I thought we already did our piece of positivity. Uh, what have you got for me this week? Did you already mention it? Uh, have we, we kind of have we have we gone out of order slightly? No. Um. Hmm. I did. I did gush for twenty minutes about the funeral home, so maybe, maybe we could just go yeah, with. That. We can. We can go out of order. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So the other thing I'll mention, actually, the other thing I'll mention is they did release the second part of Fear Street, nineteen seventy eight, on Netflix. Um, yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Sadie Sink was in it. Um, she is the redhead little sister in Stranger Things. Um, I forget what her name is oh, yeah. on that show. Her character name. I know who you're yeah, talking about. She though. was sort of the, either, one of the lead about. characters in that movie. She did a pretty good job. Not, not bad. Um, I, I do think. I think overall, I liked that movie more than the first one. Overall, so yeah, it was pretty good. Not mm-hmm. too looking f- too forward to the the new one that comes out this week, 1666. It looks uh, uh, period piece stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the village getting the worst of me, but um, 
I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure I'll watch it, but I'm not, 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 not got high expectations. So we'll see. Which one are you most likely to watch? Fear Street 1666 or Black Widow? Fear Street 1666 because I don't have to pay a $30 Reno's to see it. Fair enough. Um, what do I got? <laughs> uh, we, we just came back. We came back yeah, this how morning. Was it? I from, uh, we haven't talked about that at all on the show. I meant to start with that, but you distracted me by asking about coffee. I, sorry. Uh, we were up in the great North woods, uh, n- not for, this was a family trip. Um, it was a family member's birthday. So it was all, there were lots of family things. It was lovely. We had this beautiful Airbnb on the banks of a river, not that close to a river, but we could see the river. I walked down to it. Uh, you know, went out for walks. I got, I don't remember where I got close to 10,000 steps yesterday. Um, you know, it was it was nice to be able to be there and see family and not feel like it's a rushed trip. Sometimes we're up on a Saturday, back on a Sunday, so that part was was lovely. Uh, I have a yes, sir. Go for it. Do you frequently Please. use the services of Airbnb? This is we got years ago, honestly, years ago, a gift card to Airbnb. This is the first time we've used okay. it. So no, we will. We have done home away. Um, we have done, uh, we need a vacation.com, which I didn't even know was a place until somebody I knew who had a place <laughs> gave me that information. I think home away is now verbo anyways. Uh, but no, we usually don't do Airbnb reason being, you know, it's a lot of, I have a spare room. You can yeah. come stay in my like, house. The, even the ones where you rent the whole place. I don't know. I feel less weird about it, I think, than Mrs. Manson does. But she's got a point. Like, I don't know. Like, well, first off, like, who knows what sort of weirdo you're renting from? It's not like they're really in the hospitality business. Um, sure. You know, you hear all these weird stories about cameras. and You know, not that I think anybody's really interested in seeing me naked. And I don't think they want to vomit that hard. But, you know, when I, but like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not real proprietors. And then you hear like people like I've heard on other podcasts of like, you know, you'll get there and like, oh, you'll, you'll hear, oh, yeah, this thing happened. And so that isn't available. But we've got this place and you get there and it's a mattress on the floor and a broken doorknob yep. and like it's just a scam. Like I, I understand that's probably not the majority of what happens on Airbnb. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a business. No, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're hearing the horror stories, but I can understand. And and we vet them a yeah. lot. Like we're not staying in a place that doesn't have multiple recent reviews. Um, <clears throat> so in this case, it was a last minute cancellation. So it was available for cheaper than we expected to pay. Um, and, you know, clearly they had, whether they bought the property or not, but there are two houses right next to each other that clearly were built at the exact same time. Um, but it was really nice. We, you know, we sent them a message, you know, saying, you know, we've checked out, we left everything where you told us, you know, we had a wonderful time. If there are last minute cancellations, cause right now it's booked through April of next year. Um, but if you have another last minute cancellation, let us know. Cause we'd go stay there again. It was quite nice but i could understand you know there are horror stories and we have stayed in some places they're not bad necessarily 
but you know, there you run into some issues like the, you know, when it gets too humid, the smoke alarm goes off and there's nothing we can do about it. Cause it's hardwired into the house. So sorry. At two in the morning <laughs> when it goes off for the third what night was that in a row. Website you said you um, used? So usually we use Verbo. Verbo. Um, I have a, a coworker who extended family had a house and the only place the link she sent me was we need a vacation.com, which I had never heard of before, but apparently, um, you know, but this was nice. It was a, you know, quick walk into the, you know, kind of little downtown area. We got food. It had a nice kitchen so we could, you know, we were able to entertain. We had a little birthday party at the house and, Went out and got seafood by the water. The so vacation appears to be regional. Ah, yeah. maybe that's it. All right. But either way, I see a Mrs. Manson. <clears throat> Do you want to put her on the air so she can talk? Is she doing trash again? What? <laughs> it's trash night here. Trash gets picked up on Thursday mornings. So part of the routine on Wednesday afternoon slash evening, collect the trash to put out to the curb. So it gets picked up tomorrow morning. Okay. Let's get her input here. Ask her about uh, Airbnb. You know, dude, what's, what's her, what is Mrs. Manson's problem with the idea of staying at somebody else's house? I have a problem staying at somebody else's house. I would. I haven't really. Uh, I feel like every time okay. the topic comes up, you're standoffish about the idea. A lot of the places are just, Bigger than we need is part of the problem. All we need is a bed and a place to crap. I feel like it's it's a waste of money to get a three-bedroom place when we really don't need a place that big. And the smaller places, I don't know, maybe they don't have air conditioning or I don't know. This place, I will say, the place we just came back from said they did not have air conditioning. And when we got there, they oh, did. Flex. They also... None of the pictures showed a couch. And when we got there, there was a couch. And I was like, all right, I'm never leaving. I have a couch and air conditioning. I need nothing else in life. So, all right, that was it. How are you? How's, how's, how's your summer all going? Good. Nice. We would like, we would like to see you yeah. at some point. Just letting you know. We would... Our spider plant that you gave me literally might eat my wife. It is taking over that much big. of the bay window. And is starting to creep They're into the living room. To kill. She says having babies. <laughs> it's it's yeah, doing something. But babies. like we have that little, we have this little like mannequin stand that you can take pictures of like necklaces and things. And it is being like wrapped around like an yeah. anaconda. That's what they do. So yeah, take over the planet. All right. <clears throat> Our people will Balance call your people. Plan. We will do, we no, will they do won't. something. <laughs> All right. Bye. We will. <laughs> we will. We will. Foe will be consumed. Fuck. Don't make promises. So, I'm just right. it out there. All right, there, friend. So, yes, I had a, it was a lovely time. Although, as of this moment, as of this moment, we are not vacationing again. They probably wind up doing something in August. The last month comes up. We have a couple of weeks being home. We can get more pro wrestler ranking. Oh, other names are happening. So. Uh, you can look forward to that. You can look forward to other fantastic things. This is episode 280. Is. We're now 20 episodes away from the big 300. We'll have made 300 asterisks because we've done far more than that. 
uh, episodes of content. You know, in six Please. months when we get to uh, episode 300. Yeah, but you know, something to yeah, look yeah. forward to. Always got to have something to look forward to. Uh, I look forward to you hearing this show and letting us know how much you loved it. All of the tens and tens of people listening. Uh, I want to hear, I, and I can't wait to know how this feud between Doc Manson and Jeremy escalates on Piece of Business Podcast. Uh, Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that? I'd like to have your thoughts read on the air. Send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog by going to ddtwrestling.com or to ddtpod.com. Or, of course, you can visit your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and the podcast train a chugging. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, thank you for joining us for 280 episodes. I'm assuming you've listened to all of them. Until we meet again, my friend, won't you be a bestie?